Blog Talk Radio. We're laughing because I started too soon. I jumped the gun. Good evening. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. And we're here for Relationship Wednesdays. I am... um, I run a thriving private practice in Naperville, Chicago, and online. So if anyone has any questions that are a little deeper than what we will cover today and you need some ongoing assistance with that, call our main office, 630-428-2344. If you have questions about tonight's show specifically, call 323-693-3835. Darren, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, my background is in corporate America, and here at Noel Associates, I focus on resume consults, mock interviews, and career counseling. All right, so let's get started. I know we had, so for the past couple of weeks, we had um, Mrs. Angel Pewitt guest star with us for those past two weeks, and so we had a lot of emails, a lot of questions. Yes. We really appreciate her coming out, friends to the show, yes, yes. and we appreciate you guys participating as well. We've got a lot, this week is about love and kind of how to keep the iron top, but we also have a lot more questions to go over that people have sent in since our last show, just some questions about um their day-to-day love life, right? And so let's kind of go right into those things. First of all, I do want to say that I know that the situation happened in Florida where many people were um, hurt, killed, and injured, and so we sent our condolences out that way to Florida, the families, the communities that are suffering there. Definitely. And if any of you guys have been touched by that, you have our deepest deepest condolences and our warmest thoughts, just wanting you all to know that we do care about everything that's going on. And at some later day we are going to talk about kind of school, anxiety, our youth, and kind of how we help prepare them for the world that we live in today and also how we help them to not take steps to do things like this, right? So after the fact, it's really easy to look at someone's past and kind of say, hey, um, we notice all these signs, but in a moment sometimes it's harder to see some of those signs. So we really are kind of coming up with a show later to talk to you guys about what signs to look for if your children or young adults in your life are struggling also um, letting people know not to be afraid to go out and actually get help. Yes. Um, also letting people know that let's say you go, I think a lot of people are afraid that if they go to a clinic that someone's going to say something's wrong with them and then it's going to make them do things that they didn't want to do. And I have to tell you that that's not how therapy works. Right. Um and we can't make you do anything, and we can help you, though, really do better in your day-to-day life. So, again, our condolences to those families, the friends of those people, and just really to America at large because there's a lot of hurt out there. Yes, there is. Yeah, and we don't want people to be feeling that way. So just sorry to hear that, and we just wanted to acknowledge that. Yeah, and, if, again, if people are being affected by this and or similar situations in their area, uh, we can all help definitely give the officer a call that we can do to help you out. Absolutely. So first question said, and Darren, I'm going to let you kind of start answering this question first. It says, sure. um, the, the writer says, my husband had an affair about 10 years ago, and she thought she forgave him. And she says he's been very accountable, but recently she found herself furious with him about the past. Is there a way to get over that? That's a, that's a good question. Um, really, my, my thoughts on there sound like they had, had a conversation. She did, did forgive him, but now for whatever reason, he's thoughts are coming back. So my recommendation is really trying to flood that thought process and put some positive things, thoughts about a husband. I would recommend some reading some books because for whatever reason, those negative thoughts can continue to come back up every once in a while, right? Just like anybody's negative thoughts, uh, you have to try and fight those. So what can I do from uh, some self-talk um, about positive 
statements about your husband, uh, positive pictures about your husband around, constant memories of good times that you guys had. He was faithful and was treating you very well, had pictures around that. So kind of flood your memory uh, with positive to kind of dilute those negative things that may come up on you in our recommendations. Absolutely. You know, Darren, let me add to that and say a couple of things, that forgiveness does not always mean we forget, right? And I think that a lot of times we say, oh, forgives and forgets, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and we kind of teach children that, right? But in reality, your brain is not wired to forget. And I, I find myself saying that in therapy a lot to people. I find myself saying it in on the radio show a lot. Therapy is, I meant not therapy, your brain is not wired to forget. Your brain is wired to remember, mm-hmm. right? And so the issue is that, um, and, and even when we start to forget things, we call that early onset dementia. We call it Alzheimer's. Like we have names for things when people forget things. But you can train your brain to automatically go to the positive. So what's popping in your head is automatic negative thoughts, ants. I call those ants in therapy. It happens a lot, but it's not unjustified. A situation happened where you felt betrayed, and there's sometimes going to be things that trigger it. So I'm going to suggest clinically that you find out for you what are the things that are triggering this. Have you Are you watching shows where maybe people have an affair? Like, are there things coming up in your day-to-day life that are kind of reminding you of it? If it is, step away from those things. Also, do a check-in with your husband. And let me explain. It's not a check-in of, hey, you cheated 10 years ago, or have you stopped? But a check-in to say, listen, I wanted to let you know that this week I've been having some residual from what happened, and I'm not even angry with you about what happened. I'm just, I'm just in this mode, so I want you to kind of give me some time to heal again, right? Like for whatever right. reason something happened this week that I need to kind of overcome that. Then just like Darren said, do some book reading. Um, there's a book called After the Affair that's very good. There's another book called Forgiving the Unforgivable that's very good. So all of there's always some things that you can do to, to kind of combat that. I think it's a great point to have that conversation with your husband. Let him know what you're going through. Like you mentioned, not that I'm angry, but hey, I'm going to let you know. She says she's furious with him, so I understand that piece. Right. But letting him know that there's nothing that happened today, and I still right. validate that what you've been doing for the, the past 10 years of being accountable has right. been helping. Right. So it may be a situation where I may need some extra support from you outside of the good job you have been doing over the last 10 years. I may need some, some more flowers or whatever. I may I need some more love you. I need some more loving text messages, whatever that case may be. I need to, some extra than more than you have been doing over the last 10 years to try and make up for that. Absolutely. And then and there's another thing that I know a lot of times people come to me and they say, Dr. Noah, I've been doing everything that my wife has asked me to do, and she's not over it. And so let me say this to the fellas out there listening, and even the women who <clears throat> excuse me, have had affairs and have asked for forgiveness and tried to get that forgiveness, that there's still a residual piece that happens after something good or bad happens, right? I mean, so, for example, everybody, a lot of people are going out to see Black Panther, and everyone's like, why is everybody so riled up about it? Why are people everywhere I go, people are doing the Wakanda handshake, right? Because there's a residual effect of that positivity, right? right. Yep. But there's also residual effects of negativity when things happen, right? And so you may be having those residual effects. Talk to him and let him know you're having it, right? But then also don't punish him for what you're feeling today. Correct. That's Next right. question says, my adult children do not like that I'm dating. My husband passed away two years ago, and we were faithful to one another. My children say that dating is a betrayal to the memory of their father. And most well, so of I can understand how the children might feel, but it, it actually is not, right? The whole vow is made until death do us part. You know, unfortunately, uh, the woman's husband passed away. They are, at that point, are no longer married, right? The covenant they made has been completed, and now she is free to date. And obviously it may 
be a little bit awkward for the children at times. Um, but guess what? You know, you have you were both faithful to one another, and it's, you are allowed to date at this point in time. So you could try to explain that to the children, you know, based on how old they are, if they can take that conversation. But you feel free to, hey, listen, you know, your, your daddy has passed away, okay? Mommy is now free to date, okay? I'm sorry you may not like this, but I have a life to live, and I'm going to continue to live that, and this is my right to do, you know? And I'll explain that to the children and then go ahead and move on. So let me t- I'm going to take a little different stance than my husband on this particular mm-hmm. thing and say that them seeing you date may be a betrayal to their memory of their father, mm-hmm. right? Like you said, it wasn't. It could be for their memory. But let me also say this. You fulfilled your vows, right? Right. And so you have to decide how you move forward, like what you do next. Let me also say this. You may not want to let them know every single time you go out on a date, right? I mean, yeah. I think sometimes adult kids can't handle that their mother's on a date in the same way that when your kids were younger and they were dating, I'm sure you and your husband sat around and said, oh, I cannot believe Susie's on a date. I hope he's not touching her. Like all of those things happen, right? right? So you may not want to notify them for every single date that you go on. The other thing is I think it's, it's, it's fair enough to let, especially if you get serious about somebody that you're dating, let them know that my kids are struggling with this. So here's the background. My, my husband passed away a couple of years ago. I've got adult children. And they're struggling with the idea of me dating. And let me also say this. They may have to get used to it, right, because in reality you don't have to be alone if you don't want to be, right? Now, some people choose to stay single, and there's not a problem with that, and some people choose to date. Either way, if your husband passed away, you've done your duty as far as um, as his wife. And then it happened two years ago, so we're talking about, a 24-month span of time. So you've also even given yourself time to grieve, which is very admirable, by the way, because I always tell people after a death of of a partner, after a divorce, any of those life-changing situations that we wait a year. So you've done all of those things. Now make sure that you're ready, though, even if you're dating, to deal with your children having some real emotion about it, right? Mm -hmm. And so talk to them about, hey, I respect your opinion, but I wanted to be up front with you, right? I mean, I'm not five. I don't have to hide things. I want to be up front. And maybe I'll keep maybe keep it out of their face, so, so to speak, sure. right? But w- once you get serious, it's possible that you're going to want this new person to come to maybe a family barbecue right. or something of that nature. So I feel like you're going to have to walk into that as opposed to running into it, kind of walk slowly. Especially if, as it gets more and more serious, that relationship, right? Because eventually, eventually if it turns into another marriage, they're going to be impacted directly by it. Okay, so definitely they have to be exposed to that at some point. Absolutely. Um, Next thing. Let me go backwards real quick, too, and say this, that um, they don't necessarily have to accept it. You also have to realize that they may have some strong opinions surrounding the situation. But you have a right to have the relationship, right? Agreed. Um, Next question. My wife out-earns me and constantly talks about it. She says it's a problem to me. She says it's a problem for me, but it's really her issue. I pay all the bills, and she covers extras like trips or her personal shopping. She says she shouldn't have to cover anything at all, and I disagree. Okay. Ooh, big deal. Yeah. What do you think? That's a good question. I'm not sure if any kind of conversation happened before the marriage about incomes and things of that nature. But it sounds like, I mean, as a husband, you're taking care of your responsibilities in terms of paying for the bills, you know, not like you take care of the mortgage, people have a place to to live, clothes to wear, food to eat, things of that nature. She's still taking care of some of the niceties, okay? And I would guess I would ask, maybe have a conversation, what, what more is she expecting? 
Is she expecting not to contribute anything financially to the home? That's what he's saying. That's what it sounds like? Okay. He says, she says she shouldn't have to cover anything at all, and he disagrees. Okay. I mean, that, unfortunately, it's a little late in the game to have that conversation what the expectations are, but that sounds like an expectation that she has, that she doesn't cover everything. So he said, okay, if that's the case, then what do you need to do, and you're accepting that, what do you need to do to add more income since she doesn't need to? To do that, and if she said if that's the agreement, I'm going to cover all the bills. What is she bringing to the table? What is she covering? Is she covering all the cooking? She's covering all the cleaning in the house. I, I mean, Are you know, those gender bias things? I, I mean, it's not like they have a, somewhat of a gender bias in of the this is the, what the man's responsibility. Okay, okay. Got okay. It, got so it. say okay, well, what is the woman's responsibility? So let's say let's put it all on the table. Okay, this is all, and I start with that. You know, this is your responsibility. This is my responsibility, and let's see if we can get an agreement to that. And then you got to figure out what you got to do to be successful in those uh, agreed-upon expectations. Right. You know, I totally agree that expectations are really important. And, again, it sounds like you just need to have a conversation with her. I think the the other issue comes from the – well, the other concern I have is this. You could run this a couple of ways. Uh-huh. If if she's got these traditional gender roles in her head that you should cover everything and she shouldn't have to pay for anything – with that in turn, then all the money in the household belongs to you. If we're gonna if we're gonna go down that tunnel, sure. then we can also go in the tunnel that she's your helpmate, and every every ounce of money that comes in the house belongs to you, yours and hers. We could go down that route, but I mean that's gonna start a, a war at your household. So to yeah, I would think so. it. I would think that would be go over too well, but let's see. But you know, my thought is have a discussion and ask her where this is coming from because it sounds like. I mean, you guys have been together for a while. You have a template of how finances get handled. Right. Maybe sit down and ask her kind of what has what's transpired, even if it was three years ago, what transpired to get her to the point now where she feels like she should not have to contribute at all financially, like mm-hmm. what happened. Kind of dig to the root of that because I feel like maybe we're missing something. Maybe you're missing that maybe she covered some bills for five years that, we, that you haven't brought up here, and she feels like, well, if she did – Excuse me, if she did that, she doesn't have to do anymore. Like, I don't know where it's coming from, but it sounds to me like a discussion has to be had. And and how strong she feels on it, it is kind of surprising this never came up before, even while you're dating. You know, even going out to the movies, going out to dinner. I mean, did, maybe you always covered everything, and then for some reason you start backing off on that a little bit. I don't know. But see, like, at some point, that kind of a topic would come up, even in dating as you're getting engaged and married. You know, but, to, but to be honest, I mean, we've been married 20 years. It's, it's almost impossible for someone to never contribute. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. If she feels that strongly, I'm surprised it didn't come up while they were dating. Like, oh, can you go get a popcorn? I, I shouldn't pay for anything. Like, that conversation, I'm surprised that that conversation never came up. See, I don't even think up. it's that simple because I never would have bought popcorn while we were dating. I never would have done that. I, I can't really remember. And maybe I did. I, I don't have any open right. recollection of doing that. Um, but I guess my point is I'm surprised at some point before you took vows that she didn't say, hey, by the way, I feel like I, I'm going to work every day, but I shouldn't have to pay for anything. That's what, I'm saying. I, that's what I'm saying. I'm surprised that conversation never came up. But to your point, maybe something changed. Maybe it was not an issue five years ago, but then, you know, something happened in the last, you know, year or two years, and now it's an issue. Like you mentioned before, try and dig deep and have that conversation with them. And it, what, and it what, doesn't sound change. like she's making that much more than you if you're paying all of the bills already. I mean, so if you're covering all of the bills and she pays for trips and extras, I mean, that's actually a pretty standard split, I would say. Wouldn't you yeah, say that? Yeah, I, mean, no, that's I agree. A pretty standard where the women pay for concerts or, like, one person pays the day-to-day bills and another person handles trips to Guatemala 
uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, I see it in so many different ways where every all the money goes into one pot and then it's right. got to pay out of there. So there's a lot of different ones. But I just feel I, like you're missing some information, some data. Yeah. Like something has happened for her that puts her to the spin that she feels this way, right? Yes. And I don't know if it's just because she out-earns you. And even if she out-earns you, then to me, I wouldn't even push that I out-earned you if I want you to pay for everything. So there's right. something. Because it, w- it would have been the same case if she made less before, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, get yeah, more so information. Change, so get more, more information to, to see um, to see what's going on yep. there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but thanks for writing that question in because lots of people have issues financially yes. and, and deal with who pays for what. And in today's world, Prices are not going down. Prices are going up. going up. So in some instances where families used to be able to maybe the guy covered or one party of the relationship covered sure. everything, we're, we're not there anymore, really. I mean, you have to really be earning strong for one person to pay every single bill and for you to never even have to buy your own personal needs. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's not... That's, I say that's not the norm where one person pays for everything, especially if the other person's working. They don't pay for anything. But I mean, like even her clothes and shoes. Right. Like that's that's interesting, right? right? Yeah. So there's something, some data that I feel like we don't have, right. and maybe you don't have it either. So maybe you should call in or or ask her that information. Yep. So next question says, should you have share your social media passwords with your spouse? I know this has come up before. I said I have no problem with that sharing a uh, couple sharing um, passwords with one another. I guess. There's really nothing to hide, especially, you know, when you're married. Dating, that's different, okay? But when you say this is spouses, you met your wife, your husband, you know, there's nothing that I'm sharing with somebody else that I can't share with you. Normally I say something to the effect of it's no big deal, share with your partner, and right. if they have questions, go through social media together, right, if that's something that's big. But But I've been thinking about that lately and saying that, I don't have a problem with sharing codes, but I think there needs to be some restrictions on if someone can get into your email, should they send emails from your email, right, Right. with your name on it? Should they reach out in your name uh, you to know, your friend? I got, that's a good question. Should they say, hey, this is Bob. Should they do investigative reporting? Hey, this is Bob. Remember we were together last week. I bumped my head. I can't remember what we did. What do we do? <laughs> I mean, like, I, I think that if it's just a fact of you needing to have them because you want to make sure – I mean, I think, I mean, both my husband and I can get into each other's phone and access all of our stuff, but I think we rarely do. Like, it's not really that big of a deal at this point. So I think you have to ask yourself, why is this a big deal, right? Like, I feel like there's something going on that one or both of you all feel like you have to watch the other person, check emails, and do those types of things. And I feel like if you do have to do data mining in your marriage and your relationship, that's, to me, overrated, to be very honest with you. Well, I think it would probably trigger... In my opinion, if someone said, "Oh, can, we, can I get your password?" and the spouse says, "No," that would trigger. Well, why? What's on there that I can't see? I mean, I've would had, would I've had these something? discussions in therapy with couples. Why? Right. Why can't I talk to them? Well, if he has nothing to hide, one who hides nothing has nothing to hide, right? Right. So if if he has nothing to hide, why can't I have it? But it may not be anything to hide. I think some people just really are protective of their own space. I do. Think. But you don't have your. You're married. You don't have your own. Yeah, your but own you still flesh. have your own phone and your own shoes and your own car. Really? Come on, you're one flesh now. What? I guess what's on there that the spouse can't see? But now. To your point, you yeah, have to know your spouse. You have to know your spouse. If your spouse, I mean, we never had to even have the conversation. Don't send an email blasting, you know, like you're me or somebody. It's like we never even had to have that conversation. No. But, but some people if, do, though. But if you know your spouse, 
okay, you may love them, but you may say, you know, I need to have this kind of conversation, or you are concerned with that, then you need to have that conversation. Hey, don't be sending a post from my Facebook or so whatever. So or or maybe, maybe it's not even me. Maybe your spouse is jokey and they want to send right. a joke right. Right. Don't to do somebody that. else, you know. Yeah. Or even like small things. Like I will tell you this. It's interesting because in the, well, Darren's going to disagree, but in the very beginning if I needed to use his phone, oh, Deacon, I use your phone. He'd be like, no, where's your phone at? Do you remember that? I, it was not about a password. It's just it said, I like having my phone with me. <laughs> See, I, I do. Because people are calling, oh, mm-hmm. where's my phone? Or it gets lost. I'm only saying that to say that people may be protective of their personal equipment, and it doesn't mean that anything awry is going on. Right. I also don't like you to use my phone. So right. I'm not just saying it's Darren, but now I've kind of harped on it, so I'll say, give me your phone, and he'll hand it over. But but it's not about me spying. Sometimes I just don't want to reach down into my bag, and I would rather call from the right. phone. But right. let me say this. You also get different responses when people think it's their son Versus you. So, like, I've called maybe my mother from his phone or his right. mother from his phone. True. And I got a whole different greeting than what I was expecting because she assumed that she was talking to D. Right? right. I mean, right. So, True. I mean, as long as you have the understanding that you can have my codes and everything, but don't contact and reach out to my friends and family without my knowledge, I think that's fine. True. But also, there's some, here's the other thing. Now so many people use their phone for work, though. Now, I would say this. We talk about social media was really the question. The work situation is a little bit different. I mean, I only say a phone because... One, because because there's legal implications in that from a job where you really can't a lot of times share it with anybody else. So there's some legalities come into place when you do it with work based on someone's work. Okay, it's it's not classified information, sharing that type of stuff. So that comes a little bit different. This person's question is really about social media, you know, the Twitters, Facebooks, whatever, all the other ones. Right, but I say a phone because most of your social feeds... Social media is on your phone. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, sure, sure. You know, but so I guess I'm just saying, know your spouse's boundaries and be aware of who they are, so you don't, so other things don't happen that you don't want to happen. I guess that's agree. what I'm saying. No, I agree. Next question says, I love my husband and his family, but he comes from a single single parent background. He is the first of his siblings and cousins to be married. He has limited knowledge about running a household and constantly seeks advice from his mother and sisters. I don't want them to be the head of my household. Please help. Mm. Again, it seems like that would have been something we would check out before we got married, right, and see how long has he been on his own, has he run his house before. Um, and in general, I recommend, you know, people, especially for ladies getting getting with a, a husband or a man, that he has lived on his own for a while and has run his house so he knows how to do it before he, you join his house. He has never run his house. Versus, you know, you start dating a guy who's been living with his mom or and or dad, and he's never run a house before. So how how can he know how to lead? Because he's never done it before. So, but anyway, so like you mentioned, this person has a single, uh, came from a single parent home. Okay, and a lot of folks in his family have never been married, so he really doesn't know. That that's a challenge because I think it's going to have to be a conversation. Say, and you're willing to trust him. Hey, listen. I don't feel comfortable with a lot of our private information being shared with, uh, with all the members of the family and really them making decisions for our household. And I'm willing to let you run the household, and we're going to succeed or fail based on what you think we should do versus getting input from the family. So I can see how that didn't come up, actually. Mm-hmm. I can see how they weren't in a position for that to need to come up, right, because – when you're single, I mean, when you're dating, like they weren't living together, they were dating, 
they were home, he were home, right? So I'm sure that they weren't really necessarily running a household together. So I can imagine, but you know, you disagree. No, no. I'm I'm saying if that's part of the evaluation phase, in my opinion, when you're deciding to get married to somebody, right, you're looking and saying, hey, does this person come from a stable household? Oh, oh, oh. I'm sure she knew he didn't come from, I'm sure she knew he came from a single household. I think what she didn't know is that he was so dependent on his mother and sister for advice. Right. I mean, I'm talking through through conversations with them. You know how you know how are your finances? Are you talking about getting married? You know what? I, I think that the fear he's having is the concerns that is just about not knowing how to run a household. Like he never had to run one, and that's not uncommon. How, what, but that's not uncommon. That's not uncommon. No, I mean we met in college. You were never running a household in college. Wait, 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 wait. wait. We, nor did we get married right out of college. But what? No, no, I disagree. I I understand how this could have happened to her. You don't? No, I, I, no, I don't. I don't understand no, why I don't. you couldn't. What so do you, if you see somebody, I mean, this doesn't come up in conversations, you know, oh, you know, about how much is your rent, how are you handling this? No, I don't think household. that's his issue. I don't think the issue, she's not talking about bills and stuff. She's okay. saying that. He doesn't know how to be the head of a household, meaning that he doesn't know how the day-to-day should run for a man and a wife. Simply so that doesn't come up in a conversation? How do you think the household should run? What do you think? Does come back to expectations. What do you think you should be responsible for? What do you think I should be responsible for? We, we, I mean, you talk about expectations before you get married, ideally. Right, but not right? everybody knows to do that. That's why they listen to the show, and I think right, that right. maybe maybe you need to sit down and have Darren's right have that conversation with him. And I think that, again, like we talked about last week, a lot of times people see signs but don't know what they're going to mean for them long term. So I bet that she saw some signs that now she's like, oh, oh, that's what that means. Yes, that's, but, that's right. Yes. But I don't think she knew what it meant when they were dating. Because if you think, and I, I, I can't gauge age by the email, but let me say this. Um, the younger you are, the more likely you are to be asking your parents questions anyway. So let's say they did meet in college. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, meaning, I, I don't know. I don't. I just think that this is something that is easily missed by lots of people, not just her. I feel like it's something that's easily missed by lots of people that their partner doesn't have the skill to navigate a household because they've never had to do it. And I think a lot of people feel like love will be enough as opposed to understanding that there's small nuances in a marriage that aren't just about love. It's about thought process. It's about um, if you're a long-term planner or a short-term planner, it's about fine details. You know what I mean? Like I think that maybe a lot of people just don't know how to set that up and have those conversations ahead of time. I think it it even leads more to what you said before about there are signs people just – uh, are not fully recognizing what those signs are. And, and then I think a lot of people really. take for granted that if they came from a from a household or, or a relationship where marriage is really big in their family, if you meet a person where marriage isn't big in their family for whatever reason, right. I, I really don't think people understand what that means, why that can be the, so devastating. Yeah. Yes. It's a, a very big situation because then they have not seen a husband and wife struggle Right. They have not seen husband and wife have victory. Right. They have not seen two people compromise. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might have seen your mother and your grandmother compromise, but that's a very different compromise than mom and dad compromising, yes. right? Because mom and grandma have a different power structure than um, 
Husband and wife. Than husband and wife. Sure. Mom and my older sister may have a different, you know, it just depends. If it's two, if it's dad and big brother in the house and there's a 10-year-old and he grows up one day and gets married, but he only saw his bigger brother and his dad as, as household members, he may not know sure. how to be empathetic to what women need. So I just think it's it's a matter of him not having that full exposure and now needing to figure out a way for mentorship. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's so... What should, so what we're saying, what should you do now? So they're already married. What you should do now is look for mentorship mm-hmm. and find either a therapist or a couple or a pastor that can kind of walk you guys through how do you set up the structure of a household in the way that you all see fit to do. So she has to have that conversation with her husband and say, hey, listen. Correct. I'm fine with us getting some mentorship, but I'd rather not be come from your family. Right, and then, and then there's some reasons for that, right? I mean, person's family in general is going to be biased towards them. Even right. if they try not to be, there's going to be some general biasness towards that person because they're related to sure, them and they know how they work right. and, and those, those they things. They normally think they're similar to me. Correct. Right? The Correct. And then mom may have to learn that she should pull back, that even if her son comes to her for advice, she says, son, you know, I really don't want to make that decision for you. Like, mom also needs that education process, but you can't tell that to any of them. Right. You can have that discussion with your husband. I'm and some support as a couple to move forward, like getting the information you need to move forward. Agreed. You know, Agreed. so that's an awesome question, though, because and I, and I think here's the here's the other part of the question that that's not written down. When and where is it okay to seek mentorship in your marriage? If you don't have the answer for something, actually, where should a man seek? Right. Right. So let's say his mother is very wise on some things. Why, you know, maybe walking through why you don't want him to seek that information from her or from family specifically, and then also making sure on the flip side that you're not seeking, not divulging your personal marital information to your family as well. Like it has to be a two-way street. It has to be a two-way street. So thanks, guys, for these questions. We have a last question that I'm not going to talk about today. I'm going to save this whole question for us because I think it's media enough to cover a whole topic. So thanks so much, everybody, for your questions and for reaching out. I feel feel like the past three weeks have been a lot of good questions and answers, and we can't wait to talk to you again soon. Have a great week. Okay, bye-bye, guys.